and one of those signals will be crystal. We do this all to protect you from inferior sports talk of other stations and to protect you from tropospheric ducting. Trust me, you really don't want to know what that term means. Just know that with us, you're protected and you won't get tropospherically ducked. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Two stations for the price of none. ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Brought to you by Zadok Jewelers, KFNC and KFNC HD2, Mont Bellevue, Houston. Don't sweat the technique. Razor Blunt Commentary, delivered with a special purpose. What's happening to my special purpose? It's the Killer Bees, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5. Joe George and Joel Blank, I'm here for Jeremy today. We'll be back tomorrow. So, Justin Verlander, he's a Houston Astro. Jose Arquiti, sounds like he'll be back versus the Yankees as well, so maybe we'll see both guys. Hopefully, this will be the last time we see Blanco for the rest of our lives. Yeah. And Belak. Him and Belak, put him in the same category or put him in the same car. Get him an Uber. Get him out of here. I don't want to see him anymore. At yeah. least this year. I think Blanco has major Ever. league stuff eventually, but maybe with somebody else. Look, if if we're seeing Blanco next year, that's, that's a, a good point. Maybe, a but but maybe with somebody else. I think if he learns how to throw his change up and use it more. Yeah. I think he has major league stuff. I, Brandon Belak should be in a beer league. <laughs> that's that's harsh. I mean, I'm sure he hits the hell out of his softball. That's probably true. Right? Um, you play you play 16 inch softball? No, I don't need. That's. I was about to say a really bad thing, but 16 inch softball is literally soft ball. Like you are so soft. Eh, you play. It looks 16 inch softball. What do you? What's it without a glove? You mean? Isn't that, no, people play with gloves. I don't think with the 16-incher you play what, with a 12 glove. 12-inch with a glove? Do you I'm, play beer league just softball? Just say regulation softball. Do you play regulation men's softball? I used to. I haven't played in a while. Would you play if we got a team together? I could. What's, your, what's the best lineup we could field on the station? You, me, and Jeremy. I'll be yeah. the catcher. I bet I'll you bat, will be. I'll bet ninth. That's what Jeremy says. Um, um, I'll play center. Jeremy can play somewhere. Second, maybe. Uh, who's the, what's the rest of our six? I mean, Andrew, Mapes, Gallant. Well, we know BK can't throw. Yeah, he's out. You might have to play. He's first. He's cut from the team. You may have to play first because BK doesn't have to throw at catcher. Yeah, BK's BK's cut from the team. I mean, if you've seen those lack of fundamentals in the way he throws a a, a baseball, yeah, you know. I think he's yeah he's got to play. No, he's got to play now, first. And he golfs. And he golfs. Yeah. So at least he can he can swing. Yeah, he's either at first or catcher. I mean, if he, you know, if he just reverses the motion, you know, in softball they throw, they just kind of lob it in there. Who throws less in softball, first base or catcher? I, I don't like, think the catcher's like throwing base. anywhere. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Lance would break a hippie hand, and that's mean. It's true though. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think include John and Lance just because I know even if we invited them, they would say no. Like it's like, what's the point of wasting my? Granado time? would show up if he got to play shortstop and bet either no, clean up or lead off. If it's a beer league. Like we got, oh, cool. that's true. We got cores at second. Like maybe he would play. Um, that's true. So Andrew Mapes, Gallant, that's six. Paul's going to tell you where he's playing. Uh, yeah, he'll probably play center field. Biggest, no, best athlete won't. on the no, station. He will not. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. right. You don't think that's true? No. Come on, you don't think that's true? Not really. 
And like, in what? I mean, if you factor, I've seen him play basketball. By the well, way, well, I mean, look, like athlete versus like skilled athlete, I think are different conversations. Okay, like could he get the ball in the hoop? Probably not. We have three more. We're in a tough spot. We got a bad team. Dell. Ooh boy. Yeah, you're not. You ain't kidding, Johnny. We you in? I'll play first base. Okay. <laughs> okay. There you go. B Mac. Tough. He'll I mean, talk about it. <laughs> um, PC's out. PC, oh, PC's, PC's gonna tell PC's you that gonna want to be in, but he's not in my he's starting. He's gonna nine. tell you what his career was like when he played high school baseball. I guess Jake and BK. Like, so don't guess. There's, I, no, there's that, no guessing. I'm working on left. BK. I'm trying to be uh, uh, someone from every show. Uh, Josh Devance. Like he, he's in for sure. How do you know? Uh, he looks like one of our best athletes. Uh, 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 I don't think that's appropriate. Oh, come on. Don't do that to me. All right, we're moving on. Off okay, well, point. maybe we should. Uh-huh. I'd put Granato at short. I think if you put Lance at third, no, I'm not he'd saying... have to move his feet. They'd be in, but I just know the answer. They would say no, so I don't include them. I think things. B. Hannon's right. I think Lance gets hurt. That's just... Yeah, probably. There was this, when more I and started... more people when I played... When I came here to play softball, and I realized, like, during games, guys were, like, smoking cigarettes and drinking beer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like... There were more guys got hurt rounding a base or in the outfield because the outfield has all kinds of, like, potholes and stuff. Mm-hmm. There were more guys, like, snapping an ankle and pulling a hamstring. And beer softball, you can get seriously hurt. Um, if everyone's healthy right now, including JV, Arkady, like, all these guys are healthy. They're playing on our beer league team? No. Oh. Real playoffs. Oh, we're back to Astros now. What's your one through four? In a perfect world for me, that I, as it starts today. Just assume they're healthy, but as they're pitching right now. So this is a playoff series, or this yeah, is a playoff series. If the playoffs started today, it's a great conversation to have about who's your one, because I think that what what the other team's lineup looks like matters. If they're lefty heavy, then obviously for me, the way Fromber pitched last night, and there's no reason to believe he's not going to be the Fromber that he's been most of the season that he was last year. Fromber to me is a is my number one in the playoffs. I've seen enough, and I know Jeremy's a staunch defender of Verlander in playoffs versus Verlander in the World Series. Verlander in the playoffs, based on what we saw last year and his age and everything else that factors in, as much as I think he's going to be a huge key down the stretch in the regular season, Fromber's your best pitcher. I'm going to put Fromber at one. Agreed. I'm going to put Verlander at two. Same page so I'm far. I'm going to put Javier at three. Okay. And then I'm going to have a really tough decision between what I see in Urquidy the rest of the season if J.P. France continues to pitch like J.P. France, and if Hunter Brown can write the ship. But it's a good problem to have because you've got three options for one spot. I, my rotation today would be Fromber 1, J.V. 2, uh, J.P. France 3, Christian Javier 4, Hunter Brown's in the bullpen, Jose Arquiti's off the roster. I don't know that until you see your Arquiti back again that you could completely put him off the roster. But, I, but if it started today. But I would agree with you that yeah. if I was leaning between the last three guys for the last spot in the as a starter that I would lean J.P. France because he's earned it. They Look, I, I, Dusty, they told you what they thought of Arkady last year. He pitched in one postseason game. Yeah, but I also think that, for me, it's a tougher decision between Brown and uh, uh, J.P. France, but because J.P. France has earned it. He's been way more consistent, and I just think Hunter Brown's stuff is way more electric and is better in would be better in the playoffs out of the bullpen. The problem is... is that, Even though that changeup would be pretty see, nasty yeah, and coming... I, and the thing is, is Hunter Brown got, got his feet wet in the playoffs. J.P. France has never experienced a major league playoff game. I know, but he's pitching that much better than Hunter Brown right now that, you know, it's... I think, like, 
I think that's why I have him at three. I don't have the conversation at four. Christian Javier, like it's looked better. The last game was way better. So like, yeah, he's the the trajectory is up for sure. But Christian Javier to me is your fourth best starter, and JP France would if be my Javier third. If Javier is on that progression, if he's trending yeah, upwards, tra- then he'll be three. Then he's three. Hundred percent. Totally agree. Three. And so then for me, it comes down to what I said. Those are my top three. And then between the inexperience of France or the kind of unexpected volatility of, of Hunter Brown, yeah. which way you lean it? You're right that if you go to the bullpen, Brown did that a year but ago. You know what's funny, though? Is that I think the, the path the Astros are on right now is your top three is likely going to be, it'll be Fromberg, JV, Javier. Uh, Javier. And then that fourth game, if one if you get there, it's it's almost the conversation turns into like just who do you prefer out of long relief more, or who are you willing to tax arm wise? Yeah, I'm not. If, if Verlander's your one, which neither one of us seem to be leaning that way, He's but not. if he was your one, there's no way you're bringing him back on short rest. No, yeah, I mean obviously it's all kind of semantics to the point yep. where it's like it's all hypothetical because it depends on how, where you're at in the standings because that's all changes stuff. You know, if you go back to like the '05 World Series, like everything got. You know, put off because you had to win that extra game and change the way your rotation's going. If you can't put the Rangers away, you're gonna have to play your. You're gonna have to have your best pitchers pitching at the end of the season. Unlike last year, where they were given some extra rest right. days and you know, kind of getting everyone ready. But like, if everything is as you can plan for your first playoff series, Fran Valdez is the ace of this staff. I know you acquired Justin Verlander for a reason yesterday, but this is Fromber's team now. No question. He proved it last night. I think he he intentionally sent a message last night. Not yeah. that he was trying to throw a no-hitter, but he knew he was going to go out and shove and show everybody, great to have JV back in the two-roll because he ain't, he ain't taking my spot. And good on him because that's what you expect a guy that wants to be a competitor to do. And so I like the fact that they've overnight basically reconstructed the pitching staff to be in a really good position. But I think because Hunter Brown has come out of the, the bullpen before, and done what they needed him to do. It's more likely. Yeah, I think Hunter Brown goes to the bullpen. J.P. France is your four. Yeah, because I think when you look at the way Christian Javier pitches, the high pitch count, it's like Hunter Brown, to me, is is almost like a piggyback with Javier. Like, if he can only get you four or five because he gets the 90 pitches that quickly so often, that Hunter Brown comes in in a playoff situation to follow up um, Javier or France. Like, it goes one of the two ways. Like, he's your long guy that you expect to pitch if Jose Arquiti's on the playoff roster, which, like, you know, 2831 says you don't have to leave any of the starting pitchers off. You're right. You don't. Like, you can carry them all just like you did last year, and that's and that's probably the right scenario. So, But if Jose Arquiti's on the playoff roster this year, I think it's just like last year. That unless you're getting smoked, you think about I don't think you're going to see him. No, you don't. maybe you won't see him in a game. But you know that you trust him, and he's got more ability than the guys that otherwise would be maybe one of your long relievers or maybe your Seth Martinez or guys like that that yeah, we've seen in sure. the regular season to where he'll have a spot on the team. You hopefully don't need him. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I, I hope you don't need him, and I hope there's a good shot you don't need a bridge guy unless you're way up in the game. Yeah, I think Hunter Brown, like, do you want the Astros to at some point, if the intention is to make him a bullpen arm in the playoffs, would you like to see them remove him from rotation during the regular season? Because one of my biggest pet peeves with Christian Javier when he was going back and forth for a while, Joel, was that he would still only pitch one every five days. Mm-hmm. Like, he wouldn't be on a rotation. Like, he would be on a rotation schedule, but technically be in the bullpen. Like, if you're going to make that move for the postseason with Hunter Brown, 
Like, would you rather see them kind of make it where he can pitch every three days, every every two days? Because just to me, well, it's a a wasted roster spot. It's a big difference between being a a bullpen arm that has to be ready multiple days in a five-game span as opposed to once every fifth day. But I don't know that they're willing to, and I think that, Joe, because of the fact you're talking about a guy that's going to be with the team for a long time, you don't want to piss him and his representation off to and start screwing around with him in their mind in the way that they believe he's a starter. If you do this for a second straight year, Last year, it was just about getting a playoff experience and understanding what it's all yeah. about. This year, their expectation is going forward, he is one of your starters. I, I it's agree. The, it's the business of baseball. But Christian, Javier, right. but Christian Javier did it for two years, so, so can Hunter Brown. And frankly, I think they're going to pay Hunter Brown this offseason. So I don't think he has too much to be worried about. I don't know if it's this soon. I, I think the, I think I think the off, way uh, he's pitched recently has given the Astros reason to not do what Dana Brown normally does, which is lock him up super early. Yeah, I, I think they still will. I I think we'll the stuff I think the stuff is still there that they will they will be aggressive and sign him this offseason. I mean look, the, and, and the thing is too is it, there's a chance it doesn't happen this offseason. When the I, I think when the Braves soon. when the Braves did it last year, it was in November. Like the Braves were signing guys to long term contract extensions during like the regular season and postseason, like as they were playing play- playoff games, they were locking up guys. So like, I, I think there's still a chance that like, you could see like a Hunter Brown or or even a Pena. I know not everyone would love that. Like uh, see, I think it's too soon on both those guys. I think you're going to have some healthy discussions with Tucker because you need to. You need to find out how much hardball you're going to be playing with him. Is he re- is he represented by Boris? I don't remember who Tucker is. Well, but the bottom line is, depending on what his representation is is looking at and talking about. It's going to dictate a lot of what else you do and where you spend and allocate your money because you're going to get a good idea of how much extra effort and money it might take to lock him up. Yeah, it's, it's just to me, it's like the earlier you can get these guys, the cheaper they are, and they don't totally factor into the Tucker equation. But it, regardless, it's going to be fascinating to see what is your starting rotation if the playoffs started today for the Houston Astros. Plus, Jerry Hughes, he said he sees Von Miller and Will Anderson. Do you buy it? That's next here on The Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Most bees make honey. These killer bees make great sports insights. But they also make honey. Don't ask about the process. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's Joel and Jeremy. Joel wants to ban Key from L.A. Key in L.A. <laughs> should be banned What's wrong? from texting us for a week. Because everything that he says, the opposite comes true. Is this the song you were talking about? No. This is Tops Drop by <laughs> Fat Pat. I know. I mean, it's I a know. Houston song. And the fact that you I'm just, even I'm just, asked that. I'm just messing with you. Like, Keith wants to chime in, and he didn't even hear the song. When he hears the song, I know who the title is. In the, and if that's the title, then I know who the artist is. But the song they played was Snoop mm. in, the, in the computer. I know. Okay, and you know it too. But Key, who doesn't, wants to chime in like he's an expert again. Key was adamant yesterday. Relax, guys, because JV's going to be a Dodger. How'd that work out for you, Key? He was wrong. Last year. Relax, guys, because my Dodgers are winning it all. How'd that look? I mean, Key, your look, Dodgers are the freaking Utah Jazz. I, someone's got to, ex- like, I'm going to go full Michael Scott here. And, like, someone explained to me this like I'm five. Why does a dude from LA listen to the show? Because we're good. Yeah, I know, but it seems like he doesn't like any of the teams here. I think, Key, I'm not going to tell you to go away. I'm not going to block you. I'm not blocking him, literally. I don't do that. But, like, can you say the same? 
All right. So what That's I'm saying not is fair. So, <laughs> don't open so, that box. So what I'm saying is, is that Key listens, but he listens with different orifices than his ears, hmm. and then he tries to make statements that he can't back Big up. Words. What? Big words today. Sorry. Multi-syllable words. I'll, I'll dumb it down from now on. That's my bad. Um, all right. So uh, Jerry Hughes said he's he thinks that Will Anderson could be Von Miller or he sees Von Miller yeah. in Will Anderson. I mean. I mean, that's pretty high praise. Uh, I don't I mean, care. Can you slow your roll a little bit? No. I mean, look, I know there's been very lack of pads and like it's kind of weird to evaluate. It's much easier to evaluate, I think, the offensive side of the ball. In training camp, even though the defense keeps winning every single day, it's 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 just easier to evaluate those guys because they're they're doing the same thing. We're like Will Anderson, you know, Davis Mills might have a great touchdown pass, but the caveat is, well, if they were tackling, Will Anderson would have sacked them. So like, it's kind of hard to get a read early on. But you're supposed to, if you're his teammate, know, you're supposed to say this. It's just, but like, if he if he's if he's Von Miller. Then you're giddy. Then the trade makes more sense. It does it does it take away? It's almost like this Justin Verlander conversation. Where like if Justin Verlander, whether he wins or not, the trade's worth it. If even if you don't win necessarily, mm-hmm. if Will Anderson is Von Miller, then you know as a pass rusher, are you good with the trade? N- it doesn't matter what else happens. Well, so that's not. It enough. can be Marvin Harrison. Let's say it's Marvin Harrison. So like that's what's gonna say. You have to give me the parameters of what you could have had had you not made the trade for Will Anderson. And if the answer is Marvin Harrison Jr. or, and I know people don't want to hear this now, or Caleb Williams, because you end up not being very good this year regardless because you have a first-year quarterback, and maybe it's because of your first-year quarterback, and you go, oh, I could have dipped back into and pulled the Cardinals, and I could have gotten another big-name quarterback at the top of another draft sure, and done what I needed to do, that matters too. Like, you know, I, I think about when you were saying this, Aaron Donald was Aaron Donald for a lot of years, but the Rams weren't the Rams in winning a Super Bowl until they got themselves a real quarterback. And so as good as if you, he is Von Miller, I don't know that the trade still could be completely validated simply because you don't know what you could have had if you didn't trade for him if it was – Marvin Harrison Jr. or Caleb Williams, I I lean that well, way. I'll say this: I think there is a zero percent, not zero. There would have been a, like a ten percent chance that they would have taken a quarterback next year. Like what the Arizona Cardinals did with Josh Rosen yep. is really it rarely ever happens. I mean, look look what Chicago did this year. I think a, a lot of people would have said it. The right move would have been taking Bryce Young. And, and moving on from Justin mm-hmm, Fields. Mm-hmm. Now, if Caleb Williams or Drake May was in this draft, I think they would have, for the record. I think it's Bryce Young. You don't you don't move on from a guy who has some upside for a quarterback that that's, is that small. Like you, That's a fireable offense as soon as Bryce Young gets hurt the first time and why they don't do it. But like, I, don't, I don't think, even if the Texans are the worst team in the NFL this year and they have the number one pick, or they would have had the number one pick, I don't think they would have moved on from C.J., because there's enough there with CJ that you would say, okay, going forward, like he can still figure this out. Can I ask you something? Yeah. If if Caleb Williams wins the Heisman again this year, sure, and he looks like he just is it, he's dominant, right? Is there a scenario like you're saying? Yeah, if he's where, that dominant, it, yeah, it, you, it, you, it does change. You feel the like 
we've talked about this. Well, look at Kyler Murray. But, 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 Joe, it's different because we're talking about it as it relates to the AFC. If it's the NFC, then you might be more apt to stay with C.J. Stroud because the NFC doesn't look like a daunting list of quarterbacks that can beat you throughout the playoffs. When you look at what you have to have as a quarterback to compete in the AFC for the next five-plus years, sure. and you're looking at Allen and Mahomes and Herbert and Burrow and all these guys, you're like, I can't just have pretty damn good. I got to have top 10 or top five good to compete with the rest of those guys, so I've got to look at this differently. I think that's I, I think that's fair. But like the, what they're doing with Caleb Williams right now, I'll be honest, I think it's a joke. People that want to compare him to Patrick Mahomes, like it's like that's that's totally ridiculous. That's it's unrealistic, especially because Patrick Mahomes is a guy that people thought was not was going to be a bust or wasn't going to be good in the NFL, and they were so wrong. Like I don't understand how you watch Caleb Williams play. Like oh well, I see Patrick Mahomes, and it's like well, why didn't you see Patrick Mahomes? And when it was Patrick Mahomes, yeah. Like how you evaluate a guy, compare him to the best quarterback in the NFL, but when he was coming out of Texas Tech. Because you didn't realize he was making risk assessment plays when his, his his defense sucked, that like all of a sudden you think Caleb Williams is worth taking. But look, the Cardinals are probably going to go through this conversation. They just paid Kyler Murray a ton of money, but that group didn't take didn't pay Kyler. Like I'm fascinated what they would do at number one, and I think there's a chance the Texans would have done that. But see, the bigger problem for the Cardinals that you wouldn't have if you're the Texans is they is, paid them. Yeah, they paid him. So now it's more difficult to get out from away from your mistake. And he's coming off an injury. Yeah, One, it's injury, but Joe, even bigger than that in the locker room, when you got a guy that's got an attitude problem and you know that he's been labeled everything from a cancer to a guy that doesn't work hard, study film, and do things, what team's going to go, sign me up, I want that guy? Well, I don't get why the Cardinals said sign me up. I agree. Who has to sign a quarterback and then puts it in their contract like, you have to study X amount of hours per game. I mean, look, it's just Reddit, but Reddit has proven it's a fact that when the new Call of Duty comes out or it's a double XP weekend, Kyler Murray's play on the field suffers because he's playing video games more than he is playing football or practicing But to answer your question, it's the same reason why the KPJ contract that the Rockets signed with KPJ had all the clauses it did. There's enough there from past precedents that tells you to protect yourself as an organization, you have to do some things differently it's than you still, do with your standard contract. I know. So if you're Kyler Murray, the reason why all that's in there is because obviously there's been enough that's happened leading up to this that it, I don't care how athletic you are. And Jeremy and I've had this conversation. He's both at, at, he, maybe now Jalen Hurts is in that conversation, but he went off about his athleticism and the best athlete and all these other things. The bottom line was he wasn't the best quarterback in the way he went about his business, and they had to cover themselves. Uh, Keith from LA, you're always welcome here. He says he listens to the show because he lives in Houston and he loves sports and the Killer Bees. I know, and I love F- Keith for that. I just don't said, love his bad takes when he tries to bounce. You know, but show that he's wearing. F- he said F I Y. It's F Y I, Keith. Ooh, see, that's another mistake. For once, like I'm not. Now wrong you're jumping about on too. I like Keith. Um, we can get him Grammarly for free. So to that's not going to solve his takes. If if. If Will Anderson is Von Miller, the pass rusher, and that great of a player, maybe a Hall of Famer, I'm cool with the trade. Doesn't matter what the end result is for me. I know there's always going to be ifs and buts and candies or nuts, but like, but we just know the most important position in maybe all of sports is is the quarterback. But the thing is, but that's what's that's what's so interesting about this thing is that, like, is the trade worth it getting Will Anderson if if you drafted Von Miller? 
Yes. But you could have just taken him at two if CJ is the wrong guy. Right. That's why it's such an, I think it is like an instant. That's why we said they're so tied yeah, together. Their careers really are tied because, yep. like, you can't have one or the other. If Will Anderson is a Hall of Fame pass rusher, if he is the next J.J. Watt, Von Miller, T.J. Watt, like, that level impact of a player, but C.J. Stroud sucks, it's always, well, you should have They're just taken- so tied together, Joe, but there's yeah. so many factors because it's like the other part of this that we're not thinking about is, is your team well enough along in the in the rebuild to where this trade makes sense too because well, now you're ready to win. And I don't think their roster was ready to win to like write the check that Nick Casario or to cash the check that Nick Casario was writing. I'll say that I don't believe in that philosophy. Like and I also think that philosophy is often warped by but you can't luck. give up a player that could be that have know, that magnitude like, if your roster isn't ready to win by giving it up. But like how many times this, do you do you get do you get that player when you're ready to win? And you're right. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is because you've had such a big hole to dig out of. No, I know. You could have had some young players. Had the say, say you had two of the drafts like sure. you had when you got Pierce and Petrie and all those guys. Say you had two of those. Yeah. All right? Now, and then you spend money on free agency. Now, I believe the roster has enough construction sure. to where with a move like this to get a guy like that and what he could do impactfully, you now are ready to win more than writing this check right now when you don't know that your roster is ready to win at all. The reason why I don't, I just don't agree with that is because where you're right is, but the Texans did that. They did that with Laramie Tunsil. They thought they were ready to win. They thought that getting a franchise left tackle to protect Deshaun Watson was the right decision, and it ended up being the third pick in the draft. So overpaid. It wasn't overpaid for sure. Look, I've seen other that money matters. The Bears did that with Khalil Mack. They traded away first round picks that, and they ended up. I guess they made the playoffs the first year, but like. Most of the time, these trades end up on the wrong side of history. Like, it's not often. That's why I didn't like it. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. I want to be wrong, Texans fans. I want you to hear me out because I want the Texans to be good. I don't think they're ready to win like like they have to win now to validate this trade. Oh, Jeremy. Mashinsky. Parker Mashinsky. Don't Uh, say that. Why? It's a fact. But we don't need it now. We need outs. Three of them. And then go sit down. Uh, all right, coming up next, the Wheel of Bits. What do we have in store? John Belmer will tell us next here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. It's time to call your shot. Here's Joe and Jeremy. And Joe. Mm-hmm. Call your shot, Joe. I, I mean, hear look, dude. S two E. I think Jeremy's got bad ears. Got I mean, when you're when you're Jeremy Branham and you wear headphones for more than probably like ninety percent of the population, point. your hearing gets my hearing. I'm not gonna lie. Since I got in radio, in all the years of doing Rockets games when they were good and the crowds were loud, there's no doubt my hearing suffered. Oh yeah, because you gotta you gotta crank up the volume, and you do it for extended periods of time. Absolutely, without a doubt, my hearing has suffered because of the industry that I'm in. All right, time for the Wheel of Bits. Call your shot. John Belmer, what do you got for us? Yeah, so today's Wheel of Bits is call your shots. Since the Astros' golden era has begun, the team throws no hitters in twos. Uh, Two and 19, two and 22. Who gets the other one this year? Say that again? So they throw no hitters in twos. Oh. So it happened twice in 19, Sanchez and uh, Verlander. 
It happened like, twice in 22, Javier and Javier. So we'll do the wiggle at the end again. Nope. No. For those uh, of you on Twitch. So they're going to throw, if they throw two no hitters this year, call your shot. Who gets the other one this year? Because they do them in twos. Boy. Huh. Who you got? From Bravaldo. Call it. Back to back. Todd the Show agrees. From Rivaldo's yeah. with another. If he throws the stuff like he threw last night, he's got such a arsenal oh, yeah. of pitches, and he, unlike Verlander, is in the heyday at the top of his game. Yeah, I'm going I'm going from Rivaldo. Now, if you want to go a combined no-hitter, I will accept that answer, but your answer, if you want to text in at 713. I thought this was up to Belmer, not you, because uh, you're in a different chair today. I'm just I'm saying. If you you said, John, what do you got? Now, suddenly, you're Budinskiing like the, what are you, Hunter Budinsky, and you're coming into the game just to. Yep. Screw things up. Uh, 713-780-3776. If there's an okay. Astros. Parker Budinsky. Another. Well, he got out of that one. Yeah. If there's another no-hitter this year, who gets it? I think it's Fromber. His stuff is so good. Seriously. And the way he changes speed with his stuff and still gets it to do the same thing. It's the ground balls. You know, last night they could have got. I just saw this on Twitter. I think it was uh, Apollo Des tweeted it out. They could have played last night without a left fielder. And still had a no hitter. Uh, that's crazy. How, they literally was not a ball hit to left field last night. They could have played an entire baseball game without a left fielder, and they could have got another no hitter. That's he, incredible. He had seven strikeouts, seven flyouts, thirteen ground balls. All right, so we got two Frombers. We got an Arcidi. Oh, stop! From it. King of Twitch. King of all Twitches. King of, come on, man. You know baseball. He's been gone the whole show, and his first thing is Arcadia. King of Twitch. He's not stretched out enough to give you a no-hitter. There's a lot of time left. 8089 with the same answer as me. Hunter Brown. Okay. Hunter well, his Brown. Stuff, his stuff says he should. His stuff is so good. Like, there will be a game where he just surprises you. I mean, like, think about the kid from... Um, uh, from the Angels, Reed Detmers. He threw no he threw no hitter last year. He's kind of shaky. He's like Hunter Brown. Yeah, he just, big time another prospect. Guy after the no hitter. He just but whoop. like but like he's got the stuff. That like it, it's going to come through. Belmer. I'm going to go with Christian Javier. Oh, does he get it by himself? This he's time? electric. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, that would be combined awesome. is cool, woogie. but I I hope it's by himself. Do you think he'll like be he's angry? At woogie woogie woogie. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think he'd be like mad at himself if he's part of another no hitter, but he can't go the distance. Why would you ask that question, Joe? The man doesn't show emotion. He shows lbs. But oh wow. Are, are you, you Steve are, Stone now? Are you guys not? Are part you of, calling that shot? Are you not part of your? Oh, there's a large portion of Astro Sutter that a thinks, large portion. I think Christian Javier put some pounds on this year, and that's why he's struggling with the pitch clock. Really? I think so. I think his face looks rounder. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I'm not. I'm not look, I'm not talking like. Oh, you're calling. You're, you're calling him out, man. You're Steve Stone in it. I'm not talking like that way. I'm not talking Lance Lynn or who's the guy from the Blue Jays, Manoa. I think he's gaining like a couple pounds. Wait, how'd it go? A couple pounds. I don't know. If we All do. right, we got more Hunter Brown, Verlander, Jay. Key from LA says JP France. That would be that, awesome. Well, Key said it, so you know it's not it's not happening. Uh, another JV in the postseason from Aggie Matt calling a shot. Another postseason no hitter combined. I would take it. Uh, postseason no, you don't stick with pitchers that long. Five zero three eight can't follow instructions. Uh, sorry, Eric, the driver. Uh, a single man no hitter from or combined Hunter. Unless you're saying both those things are going to happen, we ask for one answer. Nine eight six eight JP France. I'm surprised we even got two JPs. That would have been like no, I know. I think I think that I could the change ups there. 
I considered it. I think he could. It depends on the schedule, too. I think this is a really tough stretch of games for them. But I think as you get through the end of August, you still have a chance where some of those guys might be able to mop up on some teams. Uh, we got a bunch of trolls on the Twitch. I'm not going to read you double rods saying Belak. I'm not going to read that Todd the Show saying Arkady Mashinsky no-hitter. No one better say Blanco or Belak. I, if, like, I think the most unlikely would be like a... Like a Blanca, like a J, no. I think it would be, the most unlikely would be like an Urquidy, Seth Martinez, Mashinsky, Montero. No hitter. No chance that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think there, it's funny. I can guarantee you this, anybody that puts Montero into any, any combined, combined no hitter this year, there's zero chance. It's funny that like they really do do these, that they do it in twos. They had two in 19, they had two last year. Like, I, I wonder what the odds would be in Vegas. Like the Astros throw a second no hitter the season, because I think I would take history and just and I would roll with that. I just don't. Does that. does Martin Maldonado catch it? His fourth one be tied for the most ever. Yeah. Well, Christian Vasquez caught the first one last. Which one did he catch? Did he catch the Yankees one for Javier or the postseason? I can't remember because there was. Uh, I. I want to say it was the Yankees one. Yeah, I feel like he was the Yankees one, and then Maldi was in the post. Yeah, I can't yeah, remember, yeah. but that sounds right. Yeah, um, Christian Javier would be really. I would on a, on the kind of conversation with this. I would really like for Christian Javier to find a way to, you know, strengthen out or lengthen out his his outings. Like I, you know, Lance McCullers. To does me, the this biggest thing lot. first, Joe, is to get right. Then you can start lengthening him out again. No, no, more just like be. A, I guess it's get right is be more efficient. Mm-hmm. Like he he's throwing like Lance McCullers does this where he throws you know, Lance is like the king of like loading the bases with one out and then getting a double play um, and throwing like 50 pitches in the first two innings. Right. I like to see that with Javier. That kind of is like the as he gets right. That to me is like the next evolution of his game is is just find a way to be more efficient that when you've got a one two count, you know, get that third strike. That to me is where Christian Javier is missing that other pitch. Is that yeah. sometimes if the fastball doesn't vanish, it helps raise its count because you got a ton of foul balls. The, the, which is true. Uh, I think that the bigger thing to me is he he has to get his secondary pitches completely right again. His fastball's back to where it be, rising and also with the speed and the velocity he needs. Uh-huh. But I think a lot of what you're talking about is solved by him being able to have more pinpoint control of his secondary pitches. Yeah. I think that's big. Did you believe that Christian Javier, I know he's in a down slump right now, or, or maybe he's on his way back up. When he first came up and really was only working with two pitches, did you feel like that could be successful? Short term. Yeah. But I think that, you know, there's, there's enough teams that watch tape that know your tendencies that whether it looks unhittable, that fastball that looks like it rises and all that. Sure. I think at a certain point, it's one thing if you're Mariano Rivera and you're only doing it for an inning. Yeah. But it's another thing if you're trying to do it for five plus. Uh, well, how, when do we start getting the Lance McCullers to the bullpen calls next year? But when we finally believe he's back, I know someone asked us on the so text after line the All Star break. So, someone asked us on the text line earlier if, if we'd be good if uh, uh, if they just cut McCullers. You know, you're on the hook paying him. Like you're not going to do that. No, you're not going to do that. All right, he's Joel Blank. I'm Joe George. You can find us on Twitter at Pacman Joel at Joe George Radio. John Belmer is on Twitter at Third Coast Johnny. It starts with the number three. I spent like ten minutes at the beginning of the show before the tweet just typing in the word third because I'm a dumb. Hmm. Make a comment. Did you blame someone else about make, that too. Make, no, I said I'm a dumb. You make your comment. 
Yeah. Okay, now we can go to break. It's the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5. Tell me something I don't already. In <laughs> 92.5. The Astros have just acquired veteran pitcher Justin Verlander. Stick that in your head and smoke it, Dallas. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's the Killer Bees. Final segment of the Killer Bees here. Joe George filling in for Jeremy alongside Joel Blank as always. Jeremy will return tomorrow, the three of us. And uh, who's doing Friday? Andrew and BK. We will all be live at Drift Bar from 12 to 7 this week. Can't wait to go out there, have a couple beers. Two beers. How many can I have during a show? You know what? That's a, a rule. That's not a quiz question because we've seen you inhale beers before during shows. Oh yeah, yeah. East River Nine. Oh god, yeah. It was so hot. I just didn't want water. I was just hoping you were going to order one of those big pretzels because I did, and then I paid for all of it. Yeah, I got it paid back. It didn't work. But <laughs> I paid Man. for all of it. Um, the draft show. We had a great time that night. Yeah, I bet you did. Yeah, you weren't there. No, I wasn't. Ditched us. Wasn't invited. That's not true. Um, following up the last text, we got spam text, but JP France, um, no hitter would be be the last one I would choose, I think. Where are the we in starters? terms of the long-term prognosis for JP France? Because it's one thing to say he wasn't penciled in to anybody's deep thoughts for this season on the Major League roster, right? Then because of injuries... Yeah. He's ba- and because of his performance in Sugarland, he's basically thrown into the major leagues, and he now he has taken the ball and run with it. But the question is, what's the sustain? What what are, what are your thoughts on how long he can sustain this kind of success? If JP France was in the rotation at this point for the next four or five years, I think I'd feel comfortable with that. So he's done enough for you to feel that way. I think he he has shown to me that he's good enough to be a big league starter. Do I think that he's ever going to be, you know, Cy Young, number one or two guy in rotation? I'm not even sure he's after this season if he's ever number three again in your rotation. Right. Well, especially with your like, rotation. He is at the he is a four or a five in this rotation really for as long as, you know, he is going to be now, on the roster. Now look, next year is complicated because my guess is JP France starts next year in the minors. See, this is where when people bitch about the prospects you've given up, you're not considering what kind of position you might be in a year from now. You're right. He might end up being a guy that will, as good as he is, they just won't have room for, and he might have to go to the minor leagues, which is why a team will come calling and say, we want that guy. We need starting pitching. We want that guy on our squad. What's it going to take? Well, at that point, Dana Brown can either try and make a move to try and replenish the farm system, or he can say, we're not touching him because we think JV's only got a year or two left, and we think he is still one of our pitchers of the future. But when people bitch about giving up the kind of talent you gave up to get JV back, they're not thinking about the fact that you have such a surplus of talent on the major league roster that there might be a way that you can get that, you kind of replenish that system or get players a different way. Yeah, I I wonder if if they go into next season with the confidence that all these guys will be healthy, which, which is interesting because like, I don't know how you do after this season. Like you almost have to wait to see how it plays out, and then maybe one of these guys becomes a deadline move, trading away at the deadline. Think about, year. too, Joe, the fact that you've got guys like Stanek, Maton, that are going to be up at the end of the year. Harris, yeah. Yeah, where you're going to have to replenish the back of the bullpen, so then the consideration would be, are some of these guys have live enough arms that they're capable of filling a role that you're going to need someone to fill when you lose one or more of those guys? Yeah, I don't expect... 
I think we talked about this a little bit. I can't remember on the air or off the air the other day. I think one of the three I would expect to come back next year. I was going to say the bigger thing is is how stung are, is the front office by the overcommitment to Montero and the result to where they say... Well, how do the players view that? If I'm Phil Maton, I'm looking at Rafael Montero's contract saying, I'm way better than that dude. Right, but then you're looking at it going, that dude didn't pan out. Why should I believe you will oh, too? Because no, Maton's sure. been up and down. I think of those guys, I believe that Neris is the guy that I believe in the most to where I could say Neris is the guy that I want to retain. If it's of those three guys, I'll go Neris first, and then we can have a conversation about Stanek versus Maton. What was interesting is I think Neris will be the most expensive. You're probably right. So he's probably, I think he's the guy that you're most likely. I think he's also earned it. Yeah. Um, so one thing we touched on at the end of the show yesterday, we were looking at World Series odds and trying to figure out where everyone was at. So right. So I found. So the most recent ones um, are now this. The Braves are. This one is BetMGM. The Braves are a plus three hundred favorite. The Dodgers are second at plus four fifty. Don't agree. The Astros are now a are third. Key from LA does at plus five fifty, and then the Rays are at plus seven hundred. Now there are other books like FanDuel where they've got the Astros at plus seven hundred. So if you know we got our heads out of our ass and had legalized gambling in the state, you could get seven to one odds on the Astros winning the World Series this year. But the other one that I found interesting was that, and I didn't know this. Go, before the deadline, the Astros were the betting favorites to still win the AL West on DraftKings. Okay. I did not. I wasn't sure how the books would be viewing that at this point in the season because the, how well the Rangers would play. Yeah, I think the bigger thing to me was when the trade was made initially, the, the line didn't jump that much. But I think that you have to basically look at the big picture of everything that they did, the needs that they had, bullpen, starter. You could say bat third, but that... But to get who they got and also get guys that are already familiar and comfortable with the situation and know how talented they are and the guys that they're getting back from injury and more might be on the way, that you have to give them the respect. You may not want to. I think it was Jared Carabas who said last night, mm-hmm. I know that what I'm about to say is going to get people upset because all the Astros haters oh, yeah. just don't want to hear this from me. But the sustained ability of the Astros to do what they do and keep doing you have to give them their due. You have to say that they should be one of the favorites to get to the World Series. That's where I – anything can happen in the World Series. We saw it with the Nats. Yeah. We saw it with the Braves. So, for me, I'm not going to go overzealous and say they're going to win the World Series. But I think they're going to get there. I think so, too. You know, when you look at the – I pre, like I said earlier, I, I predicted them to go to the World Series before the season started. Now, I'm very, very wrong about the team in the National League, most likely, which I picked was the Padres. That feels like a stupid pick. But they're, when, when you look they're at, heating up a little bit. Yeah, when you look at the Astros' path, I think they're they can beat the Rangers. The real team that I'm most fascinated by it is Baltimore. It is not Tampa. Tampa, they're in a downslope. They're pitching some of their guys. You know, Diaz, um, the guy that they have leading off, like he had 13 home runs in the, what the first half of the season. Now his power has kind of dropped back who's down. The who's the first baseman from the Rays? Oh, oh, I know who you're talking about. Um, Yandy Diaz? Yeah, Yandy Diaz, yeah. Like, his power has kind of fluctuated this year. I don't, there's something about the Rays. Like, they're a really well-run organization. They're a regular season. but They are made yes. for the regular season. Yes. They're another Utah Jazz. They're yeah. made for the regular season. They'll just take a flyer on what happens in the playoffs, and they'll be good with it. I, I, I look at the Orioles. That's the team I'm most fascinated by. And the big question for me is, do they have enough pitching? They wanted a starter. They needed a starter. 
They've got good young pitching. And then the secondary thing with me with the Orioles is, even if their pitching is decent, they've never been there before. Where's the veterans that lead you through that kind of set the table for you and let you know what to expect and how to get through situations? I don't see veterans on that team like I think that they need. Yeah. I'm, not dis- I'm not discounting their talent, and this is a team you're going to have to deal with for the next several years because they're loaded with young talent. But I don't think they have experience, and I don't think they have enough pitching. They're one of those teams that I look at, you know, looking at the deadline overall, that I would be so upset if I was a fan of them. You know, the Yankees made one deal. They traded for Kenyon Middleton from the White Sox. Is that the guy that throws a Honda? At one point, with like 10 minutes left in the deadline, Joel, they were the only team that that had had not made a trade this regular season. They did nothing. And then if I'm the Orioles, you had a great year last year. And then you went to the offseason. You could have gone after DeGrom, which is good for them. They didn't. You could have gone after Verlander. There's all these different guys they could have made a big splash for. They didn't do it. Then it was like, also at the end of the deadline yesterday, it felt like they might get Dylan Cease. They do nothing again. Like, they are, they should be the 2017 Astros where they're acquiring an elite arm to push them to the World Series. See, here's the thing. Mr. Brostash on Twitch says, the Astros really hadn't been there before in 15. Right, and they didn't win it. But I think they the played Orioles, well, but the Orioles are just like that. I think the Orioles are ahead of where the Astros in 15. That's kind of my point. But I think the table is set for this team to get their feet wet this year, but be there for the next several years. But I don't think that they're in a situation right now where I believe they've got enough and have been through enough to take a long run. All right, here's Joel Blank. You can find him on Twitter, at Pacman. Joel, thanks to John Bellmer behind the glass today. You can find him on Twitter, at Third Coast Johnny. I am Joe George. Good job, Queenie. Huh? Good job, Queenie. Thanks. Queen B, Joe George. Stumper. Um, Threw me off. What I do? What day is today? Ends in a Y. Okay, so comes after Tuesday. Who said it is not tomorrow? Uh, I just had a mild like panic attack that it was tomorrow. But you Uh, blame somebody else if it wasn't ready. I said uh, my panic attack. All right, I'm Joe George. You can find me on Twitter at Joe George Radio. Jeremy Brain is back tomorrow. Brad Kellner, Jake Asman, the White House wheelhouse is next on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.